Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the drop-in. My name's Tanya. And I'm Agatha, and today we're talking all about Yoga Nidra. So let's drop in. I'm very excited about this topic. I think it's been one on my list for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, I just finished a six-month training with one of my teachers in the US called Tracy Stanley and um, also with Chanti, who has also studied the similar lineage to Tracy, but she also incorporates a lot of um, visual art into her teaching, which was really fun. Um, so, yeah, it's just a real delight to be sharing, I guess, what I've learned not only in that training but also just through practice. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to nerd out with Tanya on it. <laughs> yeah. We love talking about uh, Shavasana and restorative yoga, but here's another access point to relaxation and rest and like I like to think of it as like active relaxation or efficient rest or like true or real rest versus like I'm resting rest <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a I conscious rest. from what I've yeah from what I've learned it's like a state of consciousness that you enter when you go into this practice of yoga nidra so that makes total sense to me it's and, you know, I, I'm probably going to get this stat wrong, but 20 minutes of yoga nidra ends up being like four hours of deep sleep, um, <laughs> something like that. So um, I actually always, whenever like a, a newborn is born, I'm always like sending yoga nidra practices to mums because I'm like, this might help with all the lack of sleep that you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's um, actually so such a good tip. Yeah, um, whether they follow it or not, um, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's been just so valuable in my own healing and recovery and journey um, and relationship with rest overall. So, yeah, excited to share. Mm. I'd love to just start as well today for people, like, what it is, and I'll share some words and then you can share some words too but I just wanted mm -hmm. to start with um uh Swami Satyananda Sarasvati says that yoga nidra means sleep with a trace of awareness um and it's what it is is a state of mind between wakefulness and dream and so what is happening is we're entering we're being guided into a state of relaxation and when we start to actually be in that relaxed state the subconscious and the unconscious levels of the mind open and they're usually not open when we're like in our conscious waking reality so um yeah it's that state of like sleep but aware um yeah. not asleep sometimes people call it yogic sleep because you are still awake in some state you might like to think of it as a dream state or a void state or a liminal space um as well so what did you want to add to that as well yeah I have like two definitions that I think are valuable to share um so if we break down the word nidra um ni means the void and dra means to draw forth and so if we're talking about yoga um which is union um it's essentially this idea of bringing back into union 
yourself with this void, with this unknown. Um, so there's a, a quality of diving into um, that space of unknown, of void, of spaciousness. Um, and then the second, not so much definition, but addition to that would be that it's also a smirti practice. Um, so smirti is a type of thought that is defined in the Yoga Sutras. And essentially this type of thought is one of memory or recollection or remembrance. Um, and so for me, this makes a lot of sense because I think you fall into remembering your true self through Yoga Nidra. Um, so that would be like my two definitions that I think I hold close to my heart and that I've also felt within my own practice. Yeah, that's really nice. I like the smriti bit around the remembering because you're kind of going, it feels like you're descending from your kind of conscious waking reality down into that subconscious, that inner state where you can remember it because you're in that more internal state where it dwells. That's what, and so then you can remember it there. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, definitely feel like um, that is so true, the part about remembrance and it living in that silence and that that void space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of also what that first definition meant and just like that union of the void. This is mm-hmm. like where you can remember who you are so yeah it it definitely feels like um a place of sacredness of who we are in our essence Um, and that to me is true beauty um and it feels so different as well to restorative yoga in that sense Mm. um even though at times with restorative yoga there's so much sweetness in that as well but there's this other quality and other dimension that kind of plays when you're doing yoga nidra at least in my experience I always like to say to people as well like yoga has like a smorgasbord of offerings and it's not that one is the best or the only one to do but they all complement each other they all exist for us to create a more like united whole balanced life and so, they, yes. you know, Shavasana, restorative Shavasana exists for one purpose. Yoga Nidra exists for another person. Meditation exists for another pu- purpose. Chanting mantra exists for another purpose, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's like they're all valid and equally important. And we, it's up to us to know ourselves and our energy and our state um, to know what we need and pick from what yoga yeah. has already offered us and has available for us and I think that's the the sweetness of having like tools in the toolbox because yeah I know when I need you know that silence or when I need to be guided as Mm. well and um I think also to that point um with restorative yoga uh we at least for me, I still kind of use part of that when I am moving into a yoga nidra state because I'm setting up my shape in a yes. restorative way. And so Absolutely. I almost like they kind of marry each other um, in a way. 
uh, because you you set up this nest and comfort for yourself before you fall into that state of consciousness. Um, and yeah. for me, um, and what I've been kind of doing for the last six months, that setting up is such a big part of the experience as well, just as it is in restorative yoga. But the difference mm-hmm. is the laying down in silence versus the actually being guided. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it gives you that it almost gives you the foundation to have that experience. I find that, yeah, you're more um, equipped with the tools to have a deeper experience by having had a restorative yoga practice. I feel that myself where I've learned the comfort Mm. and the support that I need to not get distracted by my physical body as much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it varies day to day as well. Absolutely. Some days, like, I just cannot switch that brain off no matter if I'm guided or if I'm sitting in silence or, you know, it depends what's come before or what's coming after as well. And, yeah, it's just such a play it by ear. But I think sometimes just showing up to the space is an opportunity to really, yeah, just give yourself that respite, that permission to remember who you are even if it's that small little glimmer of light yeah I love it I find for me personally and I was saying to this to Agatha that um silence like restorative yoga is generally what I'm drawn more toward just in my modern life and my constitution and like what I feel I need but I am also but then there's sometimes there's a distinct difference when I know I need a yoga nidra or a guided meditation um Mm. you know something to hold me and anchor me and like feel a little bit more it's not like it's more embodied but it's just some something to hold me I think and um support me on that journey and um when I do want a yoga Mm -hmm. sorry Uh, No, no, I was just going to say it's interesting that you say something to hold me, so I'm just going to put a pin in that. You can finish your your thought. Yeah, and I find, though, when I do do yoga nidra, I think the voice and the the guidance and the art of guiding the nidra and the, the tone of voice, the cadence, the rhythm, the space for silence versus not silence, all of these, like that, that artfulness, and mastery of actually delivering it, I find I'm very sensitive to. And I think it's probably because I am someone who practices a lot of rest and also is a yoga teacher. So I'm working in this field a lot and refining it for myself. So we are always the more like, you know, critical, judgmental, whatever you want to say about those things. But um, yeah. when I get when I get a good one, I fucking love it. Like, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm here when it's not good or it's just not the one for me. Sometimes it's just like that voice isn't resonating for me, but it might resonate for others. I can't drop in. It's just not going to happen because it's too distracting. Yeah. So that's an interesting experience as well. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, um, I don't know, I've, I've found um, even just through doing the training, you obviously have to practice with a number of teachers and different voices and different Mm. styles and whatnot and um yeah I found that as well but in the end I was like okay what's the what's the goal here for me like in my head when I could feel that kind of tension 
And I was like, the goal is to enter this state of consciousness. And I can actually do that with or without a teacher. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so like, that's potentially like the biggest learning I had through those six months mm. <laughs> um, of just like learning how to drop into that state of consciousness through self-guidance um, and yeah, just the, the sheer magic of being able to guide myself into this state of, you know, conscious awareness. Um, but just to come back to that point where you were saying, sometimes I just need to feel held. Mm. Um, another aspect of yoga nidra for me that I found really powerful and important during the training that I did was this depiction of yoga nidra as the goddess. Um, so the goddess and the mother um, and this energy that I guess you can call forth to support you through your practice. Um, and there's actually a mantra. Um, I'm not too sure of the actual name of the mantra or like the, the origin of it. Um, I've got one here that says it's the Devadatta Kali, but I'm not 100% sure if it's that. But it's part of a larger mantra where um, you basically chant out to all the versions of Devi or goddess. Um, and one of the goddesses is in the form of sleep, so Nidra. Um, and I, I find it quite beautiful that this idea of being held by the goddess through this transition into, you know, yourself and your state of consciousness. So um, I think for me, like maybe what you're feeling or touching on as well is when people can connect to that feeling of goddess, that's where yeah. you also feel held. Um, we feel held by the know, goddess as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's actually not so much that you're doing yoga nidra, but you're like allowing yourself to be held by yoga, like by nidra itself. That's Ooh, like, I like how that. I've seen it. Um, and it's it's really like profound um, and really deep. And I, I mean, I think at one point in our training, like we all just cried over this idea of the mother and goddess and um whatnot so it's it's very transformational I would say to be in that energy when it's being cultivated um especially by like my teachers who are you know have 20 plus years in that that space of holding um so yeah just that's kind of like a really sweet addition I would say to what maybe mm. others have or believe yoga nidra to be yeah yeah that's nice I'm curious for you as well like I know you've been doing a training so there's probably been an expectation of doing so much a certain amount of yoga nidra but mm. prior to and during like your decision making process for yourself and your own practice between doing nidra and a rest and what dictates that for you um what's your yeah your kind of feels yeah. on that um Honestly, like, I just, I think I just, like, for the most part, like, now I'm in a space where I self-guide. 
um, with my yoga nidra. So it kind of essentially feels like this space of restorative because it's silence apart from the voice in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I'll put a timer on just to kind of make sure that I have like a dedicated um, time on the mat or whatever. Um, But prior to that, I think I just found yoga nidra to be like before I did any of my training, before I had any of this kind of knowledge of what it was or wasn't and just in my own practice, I think I just found it so deep. Like I found it to be so grounding and so Mm -hmm. nourishing um, versus sometimes with – restorative I found my mind wandering a lot Um, and I think that is also sometimes something that yoga nidra can do is that it can allow the mind to focus on something at the beginning um, and then it kind of becomes more and more subtle Um, so this is the idea of like moving through the koshas as well and Um, you know, starting from like the gross to the more subtle. Um, And I think that on certain days just really hits for me. And I think that's kind of like a similar experience of what you're speaking about, about like sometimes when you just need that grounding, if you've had that kind of bit more of an anxious mind, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. That's really nice. Um, I just want to kind of touch on a little bit more on like the practice itself and what it does for like does. Yeah. And it's ultimately it's this sense of like, I want to talk about like sleep versus relaxation and that even though it's like yogic sleep or, you know, sleep with a trace of awareness, it's still not sleep. The goal is not to fall asleep in this practice. If you do fall asleep, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But that's probably a sign that your body is so exhausted that the first time you give it a chance to lay down, you fall asleep. And maybe that's a sign that you need, where are we not getting enough sleep? Where are we putting too much in our day? Where are we not prioritizing a little bit of relaxation? And that I find that's often kind of a revealing in that kind of context. But um, yeah. yeah, we're not trying to fall asleep here, but we're it's a, it's a practice of relaxation. And these two things are so pivotal for our health and we need both and not just one. And so there's this sense that like, oh, when we're just tired, we're like, I'll just sleep in an hour or I'll go to bed an hour earlier instead of giving ourselves the gift of rest right here, right now in this moment that we actually desperately need so that we can get on with the rest of our day and not keep pushing it out to the end of the day or save it for the morning mm. or the weekend when we'll have two hours extra sleep. And um, the it's this concept with yoga nidra and restorative yoga, but let's stay on topic about resting more efficiently. And I like to think of it as you can call it resting efficiently. You can call it resting effectively. You can call it conscious rest. You can call it active relaxation, yada, yada. But it's like, I'm not just sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Uh, That's not relaxation. I'm not like going for a walk with my dog. That's not relaxation. It might be a relaxing activity, but it's not like a relaxation practice or an effective, efficient, relaxate way of resting. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just noticing this difference and that ultimately yoga nidra is a very efficient way of rejuvenating our whole body. And there's this sense that we have these inner 
yeah, that we have these inner tensions and there's these three inner tensions that are muscular tensions, emotional tensions and mental tensions. And through the systematic practice of yoga nidra, these threefold tensions can be progressively released. And that is that rejuvenating effect of the efficient relaxation. Um, yeah. I yeah. I, I really agree with that. And I think that kind of like um, speaks to what I was kind of trying to say around like the koshas as well, how mm. um, we start with those kind of more gross um, practices, whether it be like, you know, taking a few deeper breaths or like counting down the breaths or focusing on points in the body or mm. whatever it is that is the technique. Um, uh, but essentially what we're doing is we're loosening the grip on the senses as well. Mm. Um, so over time we go into that more subtle space. Um, what were the three pillars that you said? It was mental. Muscular tension, mental tension, emotional tension. Yeah, emotional. Yeah, so I think the you kind of get into that more like emotional piece towards the end I would say um Mm. and then essentially like for me the way I see it is that you just like float in the void and the unknown and I think there's like no real definition of what that is um because it is this unknown and like um I've actually like in doing this training I've also Mm. kind of experienced like a little bit of an overlap with what was um timeline jumping so in that space in that kind of um, process we also go into the void Um, Mm. and so when I was doing timeline jumping I would always say the void is everything and nothing Um, and so it can essentially be whatever it is for you in that moment Uh, it doesn't have to be you know, defined, it can just be what it needs to be for you in that moment. Um, So yeah, I don't know, I think like those three things are really key in terms of like, the techniques that we implement into the the practice. And then it's like those more, because there's so many layers to this, it can be like a scientific approach, because you know, we're dealing with sleep. Um, and like the mind and all the beta and alpha waves, but then it can also be that more spiritual approach as well, which I think is the one that I really connect to. Um, So I think it's really interesting to have both um, and to really understand like that yoga nidra is so rejuvenating, like in terms of the science as well, if you want to kind of dig in a little bit more, um, there's that excellent sleep scientist who I forget his name now. Matthew Walker. Sure you Matthew know. Walker. Yeah. 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 He's he's a lot like I know it sounds really boring, but he's a lot of fun to listen to. Um he's fab. He's got, uh, yeah, he's got really great podcast. Um and if you want to kind of geek out a little bit more about sleep, I really recommend listening to him. And yeah, just I guess understanding the the essence of sleep versus then the essence of what yoga nidra is. I like as well yeah. how he talks about the pillars of health as well and like the human survival needs and how sleep is actually comes above um, food and uh, 
shelter possibly or something it's like we but it comes up before things other things i can't quite remember anymore but it definitely comes before food and i think it comes before mm. like shelter as well because it's like without sleep we can't do anything <laughs> like yeah, we don't like quit we just don't we are not function. functioning beings <laughs> yeah and then, hence like yeah. uh, hence my point at the beginning around um, sleep deprived parents should be doing yoga nidra because it's like a little boost <laughs> absolutely um, although and, you know more than more than not they'll probably fall asleep which is also fine <laughs> yeah I think if it guides you if you're so wired and it guides you into being able to sleep that's also really nice I know a lot of people do that to get them to sleep at night too just to help wind down I think that's awesome too yeah um what was I gonna say oh it's funny because it's like the yoga practice is thousands and thousands of years old and it's come from these amazing rishis and sages that have spent, you know, their whole lifetime devoted to the practice of yoga. And it's funny because they say it's like the reason they were able to achieve so much so efficiently and effectively in one lifetime is because they were doing practices like yoga nidra that was gaining them hours of sleep. They do. I think it's actually one hour mm. if nidra is is I don't know if it is one hour or 20 minutes to four hours it's one of those two stats mm. but they'd be doing this yeah. like 20, 40 minute nidra equating around four hours of sleep every day and so they've got an extra four hours to devote to their spiritual practice and transcending you know consciousness and um, yeah able to then share those teachings on with us so yeah that's kind of yeah. a little the yogic secret of that's lovely yeah <laughs> and I also find like we've obviously spoken about how it's a state of consciousness or like I think for me whenever I come out of a yoga nidra there's just like feels like sometimes it can feel like a really trippy dream mm, yeah um it can feel like whoa okay I got a lot downloaded just then um and I need to like process that through the page um or through art or whatever it is um so for me it's a really sweet way of just like seeing what is below the the gunk of the mind it's like what's yeah. actually there um and I often get a lot of my ideas in this liminal space of yoga nidra I get answers to questions, um, sometimes even like I've been playing a lot with sleep in in regards to like my own spiritual practice and like I'll ask a question before I go to sleep and then um, I'll get the answer through a yoga nidra practice. Um, so like just this weird connection of sleep and it's just like I can't even explain it. I know it sounds very ethereal and whatnot but um yeah for me it's just been really um fundamental in understanding my own creativity my own deeper insights um and I think this is something that also comes um when I do restorative yoga <laughs> um, it is, so it these, is these spaces of silence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I like to think that the goddess has a has a hand in that. <laughs> yeah, so nice. Yeah, so so nice. Yeah, you you wanted to speak to the 
space for silence as well that exists in guiding a yoga nidra. Did you want to touch on that? Mm. that is yeah, so words. I guess like, yeah, I guess like this is how I've understood it. <laughs> so um, you can jump in and say oh, I do it differently. But um, there are so many types of yoga nidra practices. Um, so you can essentially chop and change um, is what I like to think. But there are so there are lots of what I would call micro techniques of how you can enter this state of awareness or um, consciousness that is yoga nidra. But essentially, I think one of the main things um, is A, being embodied in the practice is a very essential thing. And I think that's something that we speak about with all yoga teaching, um, really knowing the practice in your own body before you begin to share it um, with others. And then yeah, also yeah, this yeah. idea, yeah, this idea of, I guess, pulling the thread a little bit on that, that definition of the void. The void can be silence as well. Um, the void can be spaciousness. And I think that is a very integral part of leading a yoga nidra, of knowing when to guide and when to pause. And in my opinion, the best yoga nidra teachers are those that feel comfortable with the void, with the silence, with the space, um, because you're not trying to fill the gaps mm. with it being a journey or something like that. It is what it is, and you're not trying to achieve anything per se. You're just letting the practice hold you as you guide and part of that practice is space and the unknown. Um, so, yeah, that that's the kind of addition, I would say, to that definition of the void. And I think it is also the what I have found that makes Tracy and Chanti such wonderful teachers. They have that relationship with their own practice but also with space and silence yeah and I find when I practice yoga nidra with a good teacher I I, I my um I, I stop hearing their voice after a point yeah oh yeah you know you go you go far away from the room below the room almost where you just they're speaking but I'm not hearing them anymore I'm not listening anymore yeah. maybe my soul's listening and this but like I've gone like I'm not and then somehow I come back at the end sometimes I fall asleep though as well if I'm doing it at home and I've made myself really comfy and I know I don't have to get up I'll, I'll use it as a yeah. gateway to sleep too so yeah I always find that so amazing how I'm always called back yeah it's like, nuts, isn't it even when I've gone into another dimension yeah and wow. then when when you hear that, okay, it's time to come back or whatever they say. It's like, it's like um, the hip, hypnosis it's, click of the yeah, fingers. Yeah, it's like hypnosis click of the fingers, truly. Um, and I always find that like, whoa, okay, that's really like I was still there. I was still aware of my body. 
Mm. I was just it also somewhere else like the fact that you can kind of like split the mind Mm. it's just I find that really fascinating Um, yes. And in, in fact, we did we did an exercise during the training where they taught a technique which we hadn't done before. And I fell completely deeply into the practice. And then the next day you had to repeat what was taught. Mm. And like the last bit, I was like, oh, I think this is what happened, but I can't be sure. And like I actually knew what had happened. Wow. But like I and so but there was just this like other part of me that had floated away so it's just like there's just this awe for me that there's this like disconnect in a way um yeah so that's just like a a little tidbit on my own practice and I guess how it's it's I think I'm just going to be like learning so much from it forever um but I feel really excited to start sharing it as well. Um, I think I, I shared this quote with you, which is also from the Swami book. But um, just to add to that idea of the void and spaciousness um, and maybe where we can find this quality of yoga nidra, he says, yoga nidra is found in every moment between the breath. And so... You can actually be in this state even when you are, you know, in conversation, having an inhale and an exhale, which Mm. is the most divine um, remembrance, you know, that I'm breathing. Yeah. (laughs) And it might not be the same state, but it's just this little anchor for you in your day. It's that little bridge point yeah. from the inhale to the exhale. The exhale, it's like a little bridge where you can yeah. hang, hang in time for a moment. Yeah, cute. Yeah. I think that's a nice place to end. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe well, it's maybe. maybe we offer a bonus episode to this one of a guided yoga nidra. What do you say? Yeah. That would be really nice. I actually have to record one for my training, so I'd love to offer that um, if that feels good for you, Tanya. So good. So lucky ducks, you get a bonus. Yeah, lucky ducks. Um, So, yeah, enjoy. Nice. Um, I also want to share just I have a upcoming, uh, I guess, offering which is going to be my first and last uh, of the year for Yoga Nidra. Um, And it's called Dissolve. And so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a 75-minute, it came to me in a Yoga Nidra. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, It's going to be 75 minutes. Uh, together so that's going to be a lot of spaciousness Um, there's going to be a little bit of reiki self-touch practice at the beginning and then we'll fall into the deeper yoga nidra practice Um, and it's going to be an online one which I haven't done online in a while so if you aren't local to me and if all of this lusciousness sounds like it's 
really up your alley or something that you're wanting to explore, um, it's going to be on November 9th, so a Thursday AEST um, at 6.30 p.m. Um, it's $28 for the 75 minutes, or I do also have two pay-what-you-can spots available. So if you would like to make one of those yours, um, you can email me at agatha at sanas, S-A-N-A-S, ritual.com.au or just find me on Instagram and DM me and I will direct you to the right place. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Sounds really nice. Anything okay, going on for you, Tanya? Um, nothing to share at this moment in time. Yeah. No. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice. I think I do. Well, I'll you, get. When you sign up to my newsletter, yeah. you actually do get a free yoga nidra, folks. So maybe some incentive there as well if you want to try out this practice a bit more too. Yeah, if you want to tra- uh, practice with Tanya and then I'll share a little a short snippet of what you can expect, um, I guess, in that dissolve 75 minutes. Um, yeah, I hope to see you there if you're feeling called to it. Thanks Thank for you. letting us nerd out. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We have a couple of really exciting interviews coming up in the next few episodes. So um, just dropping that. Hope you get excited too. And we can't wait to chat with these amazing women and share their conversations with you. So stay tuned for the next few episodes. Love you all. Yay. Thanks, everyone.